Oh good, you're back. Here's part two. Talk about customers in general. So obviously you have a good sort of initial way to sort of introduce products and you have these very loyal customers that can really help you get a good sense of what to launch and when and how much. And it's uh, it's pretty amazing. But um, what are your challenges now? Like, How do you find your additional customers? Like what, what challenges do you face? How's that changed since you started? Yeah, yeah, it's it's become much more challenging. Uh, like I said, that gap got filled very quickly. So marketplace is much more competitive. Uh, you know, for a few years, we had a ton of VC-backed brands that, that came in and really outspent you know, everyone that was trying to grow a healthy organic business um, and it made customer acquisition really, really expensive and really difficult. And that's continues to be a challenge today. Um, I think that we, you know, during the pandemic, obviously we had a very tough time. We, we, saw, we were selling dress shoes at a time where no one was even getting dressed. Right. Um, and so it really made me rethink the strategy of Ace Marks in 2019, like going into 2020. Uh, we, I mean, we were growing pretty rapidly and, my, I, I kind of got caught up in the whole direct to consumer grow at all cost type of mentality, and in 2020, uh, it really, you know, I see it as a as a very positive thing that we went through that year because it, it really made me change my mindset. Um, instead of going out there and aggressively trying to acquire customers and grow, I kind of, you know, and I was stressing myself out. Fundamentally, we have a great business. Our economics work. Our, you know, we have a very lean business, a lean lean operation. And so I, I've kind of took a step back and just thought about how we can really be the best at what we do uh, with our existing customer base and, you know, things like word of mouth, growing, you know, uh, SEO is, is a big part of our strategy also, like just being able to, to grow a little bit more grant organically instead of like very aggressively buying customers right. um, became a little bit, a little bit more important to us. Yep. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Uh, you have this great um, guarantee on your site that you, uh, you basically if you send your shoes back when you want to get new ones, which I think is just uh, it's it's really interesting. Can you talk a little bit more about that and and like what happens to the old shoes and what do you do and so how did that come about? Yeah, so that the idea of Ace Marks was making luxury shoes more accessible, um, and so that includes people that can't really afford our shoes or can't even afford to pay anything for our shoes, and so. And the buyback program kind of came partly from that and our, you know, our wanting to to have some aspect of the business that gives back. So th the concept is that shoes, when people stop wearing them, they tend to end up in the garbage. Um, and so we felt that instead of throwing them away and them ending up in a landfill, send them back to us. We'll pay you for them. We'll give you a $50 credit towards your next pair of shoes. And then we'll donate those shoes to somebody that would otherwise not be able to afford our shoes. We obviously fix them up as, as much as necessary, depending on the shoe. So we'll donate them to an organization that helps men. Uh, they're trying to get back into the workforce or, you know, they're either homeless, went through some sort of financial uh, tragedy, frank, frankly, or through some difficulty in their life uh, and need a refresh in their wardrobe. And one of the most difficult parts of one of the most biggest hurdles between them and getting a job is being able to dress for that interview and look presentable. So yeah, uh, we do, we we donate we donate shoes for to, to charities that help men in that situation, and we help them get back on their feet. That's what we like to say. Oh, that's great! I love that. Um, yeah. Let's see. I spent uh, just switching gears a little bit. I spent some time on your Instagram account. We talked about this a little bit, 
Uh, and obviously the images there are really like very, very on brand for Ace Marks, which is great. But what, what kind of role, this is outside of our influencer conversation, what kind of role does Instagram play in your marketing efforts? I love asking people this because like influencers, um, I'm, uh, Instagram's a bit of a head scratcher for me. So I'd love to know like uh, if that, uh, you know, how you use that in your marketing efforts without giving anything away, of course. Yeah, no, uh, uh, frankly, <laughs> I, I have a, I look at it the same way as you do. It's a little bit of a head scratcher for for us too. Um, I feel like our our we use it almost like a kind of like a lookbook almost. Okay. Right? So for us, yeah. it's it's just a place where people can go and ex experience the brand a little bit, like get a feel for for what for what our customer looks like, for what you can do with a product, like how to dress it, how to style it. But it's. I mean, as far as we can tell, as we can track, it's not a huge source of revenue for us. Right. Uh, it's not a, it's not a very viable marketing channel. Like we, we, there have been times that we've really tried and put a lot of, a lot of uh, resources behind Instagram, but it just never ever really worked very well for us. And I think part of it has to do with our price point. You know, we average close to three hundred dollars. It's not an impulse buy, and Instagram okay. just feels like a place where where people want to buy something that they see immediately. And our product takes a lot more research. So the, the cycle is a little bit longer. Instagram probably does play a role in it. Yeah. It's just, we just have, it's, it's just hard to quantify. Yeah. Yeah. But that makes sense. The idea that if it's a sort of a, a longer cycle to decide to purchase, I know from my own experience on Instagram, right? Obviously, you know, you can have those sort of reactionary sort of quick sort of, Oh, that looks neat. Let me try it. And yeah, that's right. definitely not the case when you're talking about a really nice pair of shoes. So that's smart. Exactly. Uh, one of my favorite questions is about trial and error. And I'm always a big believer in that uh, failure in any part of our life is a huge lesson. And it's uh, how we sort of grow forward. What are the some of the examples that you've tried at Ace Marks that may have initially failed, but then sort of morphed into something else? Or maybe they just failed and you thought they would be a home run? I mean, we have so many failures. I don't even know which one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. But, but I mean, you know, we just spoke a little bit about about how we how we you know make new product, right? Yeah. Just by 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 its very nature, you know, eighty five to ninety percent of new product that we launch or we put out there fails. Uh, most of it is not successful. Um, you know, we're all we constantly trying new marketing channels. You know, at some point, Instagram. You know, we put a lot of resources behind it. It didn't really work out. Um, affiliate marketing, you know, works better for us. Uh, there's just so many things that we're constantly trying um, and is constantly failing that I'd say 99% of everything that we do fails. And we just kind of find that one or two, those one or two things that we, that we try to move forward with, but maybe, maybe to better answer your question and give you some, a little bit of better content. One thing that we were almost sure was going to fail, but ended up being a huge success uh, is our mystery box concept. Um, you know, when we came oh, out with really? it a few years back. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we had, you know, we don't like when we get a return, um, you know, we get some returns of shoes, the size didn't fit, whatever it is, customer didn't like it, but they, you know, people try it on and maybe it's slightly creased or there's like something, something happens to the shoe that we can sell it completely we can't sell it as new yeah but there's really absolutely nothing wrong with it like zero there's nothing wrong with the shoe and we had those piling up in our warehouse and since we don't have a brick and mortar location and we, we're not you know we don't have a relationship with Nordstrom Rack or or TJ Maxx whatever it is uh 
we kind of had nothing to do with those shoes. And so, and so one day we just decided, you know what, it's probably not going to work. Who's going to, you know, buy a shoe sight unseen and just give us money and let us ship them whatever we want. But we're like, whatever, we need to figure something out to do with these shoes. And so, and so we just launched the, what we called mystery box campaign. You tell us your size and we'll ship you, you know, a random shoe. Um, and it ended up being wildly successful. Like, and, and it's, wow. it's become a huge, a huge way, or one of our, the biggest ways that we just move product out of our warehouse. And we frankly sell, sell most products at cost or, or below cost. Yeah. Um, usually below cost. Um, and people get an amazing deal on, on again, literally shoe that there's absolutely nothing wrong with. And maybe many other brands probably sell them as new. We just don't have the heart to do that. Um, and, and yeah, it's been, it's been a huge win, which again, we were just certain there was no, no one's going to do that. But it worked, and people love that, it. And we have customers really, that only buy our mystery boxes. <laughs> wow, that's a really clever idea. That's very, very cool. Good for you. Uh, talk about technologies and solutions. Like I know, as a company, for us, we you know we see things come through all the time that say that they're gonna. Uh, you, you mostly come through right uh, are, are probably junk, but like, how do you keep up? How, and how is it? Uh, how is technology and any of these solutions really sort of changed? the way that you look at your business and, and how you grow. Uh, because again, right. There's just so many that come along all the time. Uh, and so, so how do you handle all that? That's a, that's a very frustrating, uh, frustrating thing for me in general. Like I I'd say my inbox is just littered with people saying, Hey, quick question, or, Hey, have you seen this? Or here's a video of yeah. how we can get you 50% more lift. So I, 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 I spent easily 30 minutes every morning just clearing those out of my inbox. I haven't figured out a good way to filter them out. But every now and then there is something that catches my attention and I'll respond to. Um, I demo a lot of software. I'm, I'm just constantly looking at what's available and identify an issue with with our with our website or with our tech stack. Um, I'll actively search for, for a solution for it. And there usually is one out there. An example of one that just recently did catch my attention and we, we're testing right now is there's this company called, called uh, Feel. And... And it's funny because I, 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 whenever I think of an idea, a business idea, I have like a long list and I'll, I'll just write everything down. And this happened to be a product on my list that I hadn't seen before. And what they essentially do is it's like a virtual showroom. So when a customer comes onto our website um, and they have questions about, you know, which shoe to buy, which shoe goes with the wardrobes, almost like a virtual stylist, uh, which wow. is a little bit beyond the scope of what customer service would do. Although our customer service has been doing that for a long time. They're essentially personal stylists, but this was like a, like a video version of that. So there's an option on our website and we just launched this. I think it was end of November, beginning of December. So it's pretty early, but they built this technology where you go onto our website or whatever website they're implemented on and click a button um, and, a, and a stylist pops up that they can talk to. It's a real person on the other end. It's almost like a zoom call. Um, and they, they help you decide which which shoes best for you. Um, answer any styling questions you may have, how to wear it, how to style it. Um, so it's 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 been an interesting piece of technology that again just was a a cold email that they sent, but it resonated with me because it's something I thought of uh, you know, six months or a year ago, and they were actually doing it. So I thought it was pretty cool. They didn't have to try too hard to sell me on that one. Yeah, like right time, right challenge, right? That's uh, right. that's usually how it works. That's great. Um, that's super interesting. So, yeah. um, how about growth? Um, do you do you think about how big you 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 want to become? And are there certain points during your growth where you have to stop and think, like, wow, if if we go to this next level, 
Like it's really going to change the way we do our business. We do this. Uh, we talk about launching new things, but then we think that really will change a lot of how we approach our business on a day-to-day basis. So sometimes that will get um, not in the way, but it will be a bigger factor than the idea of what the potential growth can be. So how do you figure that out? Do you have a sense of how big you want to be? Um, and have you had points along the way that you've had to really think long and hard before you sort of went to the next level? Absolutely. So I kind of touched on this before, like when going into 2020 from 2019, we were growing really rapidly. We were, you know, 2020 was supposed to be our big year. Like we had raised a little bit of money. Uh, you know, we had built infrastructure to, to really grow on. And again, I was just at that grow at all cost mentality. And then 2020 came, obviously we all know what happened. And especially for a dress shoe business, our business plummeted. It was a very stressful time for us. Um, for me in particular. And, you know, after a few months of, of really being stressed, like I, I just kind of like rethought about why, why was growing so important. Right. And so, and so I kind of changed my mindset a little bit where in, instead of, of having these targets of, I want to grow 20%, 50%, whatever it is. And I need to be at, you know, $10 million by year five or $20 million, whatever it is. I kind of just, changed the way I think about it and started to think about it like a real normal business, you know, uh, for whatever reason, in the last 10, 15 years, like this idea came out that you have to be the next Nike and you have to do it in five years. You have to be the next, you know, whatever <laughs> it is that, that, right. And it's, and it's really, if you think about it, it's ridiculous because the Nikes of the world, even the Crocs of the world, which are huge, they built their businesses over, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. The idea that you can do it in five years is kind of ludicrous and a lot of us bought into that and yeah. and you look what's going on now where, where the funds to build these you know billion dollar businesses in five years have dried up and now you have a bunch of of businesses that just just don't work just don't make any sense and they're all distressed and and failing at that next round isn't coming so so during, during the pandemic like really helped me just just rethink so how how big do we want to be I don't have a number in mind. Like what's more important to us and to me is to just grow a healthy, to have a healthy business. That's a real business. It's sustainable and it'll be around for a long time. If it, if it takes us, you know, five years or 50 years to be the next Nike and it's my grandkids doing it. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. No. So it's not to us. It's, it's not about growth. It's just about running a, a, a proper business. That's really smart. We like to think the same way too. We try uh, to do the same thing. We don't get caught up in that. And uh, I think a lot for us personally, I think one of the big reasons why we've been able to sort of stay focused on growing that way is because of all the experience and kind of wisdom and failure we've we've learned along the way before we launched this. I don't really know if we would have been able to do this the right way if we were young kids you know, having our first sort of success, I feel like we would have thought about it very differently. I get the sense from you. Not, I'm not, not saying that you're near me, but like that you've obviously had a lot of experience. So you're very measured, it sounds like, in your decisions. And uh, and that probably really helps you, certainly during the pandemic and other times as well. Yeah, 100%. And, and thankfully, we've been in the position because we, we, we've we operated, I'd like to say, a real business and not a, not a fantasy. Uh, we came out of the pandemic, obviously hurt us, but you know, we're still around. Like I, we haven't had to raise more money. Uh, we've generally run a profitable business. Um, and we're in the position to to frankly be able to acquire a lot of, a lot of these failed businesses that, that need an extra million bucks to get through the, you know, the next two or three months. So, so yeah, it's, it's definitely the experience 
the experience I think has definitely helped us keep things in perspective and put ourselves in a in a strong position That's compared great. to our peers. And yeah, and frankly, I've I've had the chance to to get really close to to a lot of these businesses, and it's it's scary what went on the last uh, the last five to seven years. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's the same. Yeah. You know, it's the same in the, in the media side too. It happens a lot to people right. trying to get too big too fast and you know, forego good decisions for just trying to get growth and, and it'll hurt you in the end for sure. So that's great. I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear you're, uh, you've come out and you're, you're doing well. And, um, not to say that anybody wants to say that anything that happened during the pandemic was a blessing, but it sounds like, uh, you know, it was kind of a blessing for you in terms of like giving you a chance to really reflect and change the way you looked at your business. Yeah, no, absolutely. The way I look at things, whenever something really bad happens, I, I don't, the first thing I think of is, all right, some, what what good, what am I going to learn from this? Like there's some, something good is going to happen from this experience. Maybe I'll meet someone along the way getting through this, this rough time. Or uh, I always, I always try to try to think about the positive things that will come from it because there's always something positive, no matter how bad the situation is. That's a really good life lesson too, isn't it? It's the same. Yeah, um, Absolutely. What's your day like as an owner? I always say, I, I sometimes ask this and then you say, you know, your responsibility is everything, but like, can you talk about what your you think about what are your key responsibilities on a day to day basis? Like, how do you tackle it? Are there certain parts of your job that you love? Are there certain parts of your job that are just total drag? Like, uh, what's it like? Yeah, I think big picture. And a friend of mine actually said this to me a long time ago. And he, he really successful guy, and he he runs a, a fairly large public company, and and he he's run multiple large public companies, and and he always said to me that his job as the CEO is is to is to make sure that everyone that works in the company has all the resources and everything that they need to be successful within the company so he says he he works for them right so yeah, they don't work for him yeah and so and so that's kind of how i look at my day-to-day -day. like what do i need to do uh what needs to get done in order for my team to have everything that they need to be successful yeah and you know obviously some days i'm i'm succeeded that more than others and a lot of days i end up spending uh just trying to put out fires and i don't even know where the day went but yeah. but overall like big picture that's that's kind of what i try to do just make sure that i put the resource right resources in place for for our team to be successful that's great yeah that, that makes a lot of sense Kid, um we, we talked about this so i'm not really sure if there's an answer now that you sort of gave me how you're you had a bit of a mind shift uh during the pandemic but do you have an idea where you see yourself in three to five years or the company in three to five years, or is it just head down and we'll see where it goes? No, I mean, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll own uh, other brands. Uh, hopefully we'll have a nice portfolio of brands, uh, preferably uh, related brands. Um, but yeah, and, and just in the meantime, growing the Smarks business in and of itself, like the, the idea is to, is to, to grow. I don't want to say grow by acquisition, but the idea is to own, a good variety of of direct to consumer brands. Got it. That's great. Very cool. Eager to see how that yeah. uh, plays out. Um, yeah. All right, I have, I, have a, I have one last question for you. This has been really good. Uh, learned a ton. Um, you, you live in Miami, so is there um, any strategic advantage to living in Miami, or you just love being there because of the weather and the beach? Uh, how um, long have you been there? I, I've been here my whole life. I went to the University of Miami, and then I went to law school at, at Nova over here. So. I can I wouldn't talk about that for a little bit also, but I don't think that these those are the answers you're looking for. But yeah. uh, in 
in general, I think that for a long time, there was a huge strategic advantage to being in Miami. Just just the cost of labor was lower. The cost of living was lower. Um, just it, it allowed us to keep our expenses lower. I think that's changed a lot since the pandemic. Like we've had a huge influx of people. Like everything's the cost of everything skyrocketed over here. Like it did across a lot of the country, but here we just it became the same as New York. So I, you know, most businesses, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of the businesses in our space were started in New York where the cost of everything was double and triple mm -hmm. what it was down here. But it feels like we kind of caught up. So I don't know that there's a strategic advantage uh, today. Um, but for sure, when we started, uh, there wasn't for a very long time, there wasn't Miami at this point, maybe it is just the the sun and the beach. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd love to be there right now. I live up in, uh, you know, up in the, Philadelphia sort of area and it's just been great for days so uh, I would love the idea of seeing the sun and being in Miami this would definitely do a lot of good for a lot of people around here um, I'm down to visit it's beautiful over here yeah no my I, I might take you up on that my wife actually just said the other day how she's always wanted to visit Miami uh, my great story in Miami is I worked for People Magazine many many years ago and we had our uh, we had an offsite down in Miami and uh, the funny thing was that I literally sat with 40 other people and had a uh, we got a private concert with Bon Jovi, just like the funny things that, you know, how life was like many, many years ago in sales and publishing. It's just so different now, but I always laugh about that. Uh, but that was a fun time. Well, Paul, this was great. Uh, loved hearing your story. Loved hearing about shoes. I feel like I have a much better understanding now of how shoes are made. Not enough to start anything, but certainly feel a lot more knowledgeable. And I totally appreciate you taking the time today. And obviously, Really, really appreciative of all the support you've given us over the years. You've been a great partner since the beginning. So thanks for that. And, um, you know, looking forward to continuing to work with you. And best of luck uh, as you sort of grow and acquire and do all the things you want to do. Thank you, Sean. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Thank you You're for good. having me. All right, man. All right. Well, go enjoy that sun and have a great rest of the day. And I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. I will. Absolutely. Thanks. All you right, too. Man. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Strange Currencies. This podcast is for entertainment only. Any advice should be taken with caution. Except chocolate. Uncle Sean is right about that. You should eat some every day. Hosted by Sean Ryan and sponsored by Rotary Digital. Music, mix and mastering done by MKG Marketing. Next episode to drop next week. Be sure to subscribe, like and share wherever you podcast.